It's a Tech Tuesday, so let's talk tech. Carmi Levy, our tech expert, is here. Good morning, sir. Good morning, John. Great to be here. Okay, so I my phone crapped out a while ago, and then I looked at the schedule for when we were going to get the next iPhone, which is the iPhone 15, and it was too long ahead, so I just bought a 14. Am I going to regret this? Is there stuff on the 15 coming out that I wish, you know, I'm going to wish I had? I think there's always going to be a certain amount of regret. I was in the same boat. My older iPhone, the battery has been dying, and I've been waiting and waiting. And so I'm I'm looking at these. But you know, the truth of the matter is, is the difference between iPhones every year gets smaller and smaller. They've been around for 16 years now. Uh, it's kind of harder to wow people. So yes, these will be the best iPhones. But are they going to be so great that we should dump our iPhone 14s uh, that we bought just a few months ago or up to a year and, and replace them with a 15? Uh, probably not. Unless you have an unlimited budget, they'll be good. I wouldn't call them great. And frankly, the fact that the earth stands still when Apple makes an announcement 16 years later, I still just don't get it. It's a phone, people. Yeah. Are are people still lining up for this sort of thing? I mean, it used to be we would have live television coverage of everybody at the Eaton Center waiting to get the new phone. Yeah, we can blame e-commerce for the disappearance of those lines. There still are little knots of uh, of people in front of the Apple store in my neighborhood every year. Uh, there, there seems to be like a kind of a group of diehards who still love that. But by and large, it's an online phenomenon. If you want an iPhone, you've probably already gone online and pre-ordered it. You've already had that conversation at the Genius Bar, and they've already walked you through how to make sure that you're front of the line when these things become available. But for the most part, the, th- the lineup around the corner, we can blame e-commerce for killing it, not just at Apple, but everywhere else, too. I'm still waiting for Skynet to become self-aware. Apparently, AI has now learned how to deceive humans. Yeah, researchers from Cornell University, they studied uh, a model called Cicero, brought to us by the good folks at Meta, owners of Facebook and Instagram. So it's a large language model, and they wanted to study it to see how deceptive it could be. And so they walked it through a number of scenarios, including a wargaming scenario where it essentially tricked a human player playing England uh, into allowing Germany to invade them. Uh, They also... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, is kind of, which is kind of scary. And they, they, they ran a number of, of simulations where they essentially showed that Cicero, Meta's product, is really good at premeditated deception. Uh, it also knows how to lie when it's playing poker. It also knows how to cheat at video games. And it can also uh, mislead in simulated economic negotiations. So bad, bad news all along, despite the fact that Meta promised that it's fundamentally designed to be honest. It's like, yeah, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I don't think so. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, isn't the slogan at Facebook, don't be evil? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, that's Google. This that's one was Google. Uh, okay. uh, mo- mo- move fast and break things uh, was the old mantra at Meta. And even though Mark Zuckerberg has been trying to walk that back in recent years, you know, we're we're a softer, friendlier company company. Now, the truth of the matter is, is all AI lies. They hallucinate. They go rogue. Uh, and Cicero, according to this research from Cornell, peer reviewed, by the way, and published uh, in the conversation, suggests very clearly that's not the case. And we still have issues. And I'm still not going to believe Chad GPT when it gives me an answer. There you go. Okay, so uh, next summer I have to replace my car, and apparently it's going to tell tales on me. 
Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is not good. So there's research now that comes from um, from the good folks who brought us Mozilla. Uh, Mozilla Firefox is a nonprofit organization, and they studied the privacy policies of every manufacturer, and they essentially said that they are all violating basic privacy policy. Nissan is the worst. Uh, it, it it the policy suggests that it collects information not just on how you drive, how fast you drive, how hard you're things like that but your sexual activity health diagnosis data genetic data and it's collecting it through uh sensors in the car of course but also through the app that you that you install when you buy the car and it's kind of soaking all that information up and i found it interesting that they, they, they singled out subaru because they said if you're a passenger in a subaru subaru's policy actually states this then uh, it's implied that you consent to all of this data gathering and it's up to the driver to tell you that this is going on really that's the first thing i think about when i give my friends a lift to the fast food restaurant so uh they basically said the entire industry is dropping the ball they say one thing on their privacy policies uh but then they're in the background doing another and your car is absolutely not a private place and the and as time goes on cars become more sophisticated they're rolling supercomputers they're collecting as much if not more data than your smartphone so kind of terrifying and i think i'm just going to leave my car parked and take my bike today okay but i'm curious about how it gathers some of this data. You said like your sex life. I mean, unless you're having sex in the car, how is the car figuring out what you're up to? Because you installed the the car manufacturer's app on your phone. And once that app is on your phone, it's collecting information from every other app and all other sensors and services on your device. So, for example, uh, it'll track your period if you have a period tracking app. Uh, If you're keeping a journal, it can pull data from that if the app has been granted that permission. So it isn't just a vehicle. Even if the car stays parked and you never drive it, it's still soaking up information from you, sending it back to the uh, auto manufacturer. And their policies make it very unclear. They say they're transparent, but the policies make it very unclear about who they're sharing that information with uh, and under what circumstances. So lots of third parties now also know about your personal cycle and your perhaps sexual habits. So uh, back to artificial intelligence. And apparently artificial intelligence was uh, was creating sports articles that turned out to be completely bogus. Yeah, so USA Today, uh, Detroit Free Press, they're owned by a company called Gannett. They're kind of a publishing giant. And they got caught with their hands in the cookie jar, so to speak. They were uh, they were publishing articles on high school sports summaries. So, you know, baseball games, sort of those short one paragraph, this team won, this was the score, this is when they play next, that kind of thing. But they didn't bother telling anyone that they're using AI to write it. They fired all the reporters and they were using AI. So they, they said last week, okay, well, we're just going to pause. It. And then after they pause it, very quietly, it came out that, oh, gee, it looks like all of the artificial intelligence written articles were just terribly written, and many of them were, in fact, wrong. So now they've actually gone back, and they're pulling all the AI written articles, and they're rewriting them using humans, uh, essentially admitting that AI is not up to the task. So not only does it cheat and allow invasions of countries, but it also can't report high school sports scores. And the biggest publisher in the industry just got caught with its hands in the cookie jar. Honestly, Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Thanks, John. Carmi Levy is our tech expert, and that is Tech Tuesday. And I find all this AI stuff fascinating because we're in the infancy of AI, and yet it is already creating movies. It's writing scripts. It's writing articles. 
it's um, what, what's hilarious is how often people get caught with their pants down owing to AI, though, because, for example, somebody submitted a brief to a judge from a law firm and the brief had been written by AI. And when the judge's clerk started researching all of the references to previous rulings, it managed to determine that they were invented. They, they didn't exist. So in the infancy of AI, we have crazy things like this happening now. But you have to think, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, maybe we're just going to be, you know, we'll cease to exist and AI will take over. 